I could have sworn that that passage is familiar. And you would be correct. If you didn't, that's okay. Um, so I, I felt, I kind of felt like after the passage, the Holy Spirit is like, you know what? Um, I think some good stuff came out of there, but I don't think we're quite done talking about it. And so I really felt that pretty strongly. Like on Sunday night, and then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I'm like, wow. It's like, okay. I don't really know what else I'm supposed to say, but um, I guess we'll go back at it again and, and kind of see what comes up. And I really feel like the, the Spirit said, He said, you know, um, I want you to do a better job of ministering and, and just really speaking about my hope, especially towards women. And I said, well, I'm going to give that my best shot, Lord. That's, I'm going to give that my best shot. So I really believe like that's like what the Lord wants to speak to our hearts this morning is He wants to continue on that theme and that idea of hope, that living hope that we talked about last week and even the week before. And I, I guess the Holy Spirit just has more to say on that. And so I'm praying that I can actually help um, to say what He wants to say and not just what I think are good ideas because I'm definitely not interested in that at all. So, um, so like I said, I want to be direct and kind of get right to it here. Um, when I think about mothers, okay, and women, and I, what comes up more times really than anything else is when I'm talking with moms or, you know, with mothers, women, children, the issue that always comes up so many times is this idea and this thought and this feeling of, I feel like I should be doing so much better. I should be so much further along. And depending upon the age of the woman, it's, regret plays a significant role. So if it's a young mom, you know, they're just overwhelmed and just freaking out. I'm just like, oh, I'm screwing everything up. I feel like I should know this. I don't know how to do that. But then, you know, maybe a more seasoned mom, it's like, I, I just wasted all these years. You know, I could have been, I could have done such a better job relaying God's heart and communicating who he is and making that part of our home. And so, at least in my experience, in different books that I've read as well, it just seems like a lot of times women just carry sort of just this regret and um, this sort of sense of failure in some ways and maybe even some possible shame attached to it. And I don't think that's a good thing. In fact, I know it's not a good thing. It's really not from the Lord. It's not from the Holy Spirit. And... Some of the regret and even the failure, even part of the shame, there might even be some truthful things to that. You may have dropped the ball in some like significant ways. We do that. Even when we're trying hard sometimes, we just mess it up. And I can just remember personally in so many situations in life where like, I was really trying there. <laughs> it's just, it wasn't enough. That's why I think sports is really helpful a lot of times because, man, sometimes you could work so hard, you could just have the team working together just man everybody giving their all and when the clock goes off that still could not be enough to get it done and sports sort of creates a little bit of an arena for us to be able to handle that sort of environment that sort of mentality but that's a hard thing to deal with and a hard thing to handle and so I really feel like you know the spirit's like listen I want to communicate and just say how much hope there is in me that things are not done, things are not always what they seem to be, and I'm capable of changing and doing something new in any situation. 
Because that's where He wants our minds to be. That's where He's calling our hearts to be. That's the work that the Holy Spirit is doing each inside all of us. He's doing work inside each mom, inside each man, inside each woman, no matter the age. And the Holy Spirit, if they've received the Holy Spirit, they've asked Jesus into their hearts, the Holy Spirit is working inside of that person and is building this sort of living hope where they're never down and out. Where even though they might get frustrated and things look bleak and they're worn out and they feel overwhelmed and they feel stressed out and they might even feel like a failure. They know that the narrative doesn't stop there. That the book isn't written yet. That you're just stuck in a sentence but you're not at the end of a chapter. And you're certainly not at the end of the book. He's building that inside all of us. And so for moms, if moms could carry that into their children and into their homes, it makes for a dramatically different way of doing motherhood. You can see how a mom can just walk with a real sense of confidence and a sense of peace, regardless of where the kids go and what might happen. I read, uh, I was reading this, this article and it was about, uh, I wanted to share some of it with you. Uh, there's this interview that this woman did. And it says, uh, what I regret the most. And actually, that's not where the article stopped. It also was, what I regret the most, but it also was, what I, I'm really glad that I did. So I wanted to share a couple of, a couple of those with you. Um, let's see, what do you wish you'd done differently? One thing I wish I would have done better, um, don't th- do things with or for your kids just because you feel pressure from them, your friends, the church, or the school. If it doesn't fit your budget, your lifestyle, or your priorities, have the confidence to walk away and say no. It's a good word right there from a seasoned mom. Trying to keep up with the Joneses, Joneses or trying to live life in such a way that you, your family just can't. You just can't do it. It doesn't make you a bad mom for agreeing with the fact that you can't do it. In fact, it doesn't really make you... It makes you a mom that's not seeing real clear if you think that you can, and obviously you can't. Next one. Um, I know it seems silly, but I often regret, regret not doing more with music with my children. Piano, singing, having more instruments around. Pretty neat, right? What I wish I would tell my younger self when I was dealing with my oldest was when he was three to four or so, um, she would say, Hi, I'm from the future. Kids are great, not perfect, but loud, funny, sensitive, kind, loyal people um, that love the Lord and you would want for friends even if they weren't ours. So take a breath. You don't have to settle every detail. It gets easier the more you have, so lighten up. Quit worrying. Go put on some music and dance. I can tell you that's a great thing. It's good stuff, right? Honestly, I wish I had made them do more of the practical chores. The dishes, the laundry, stuff like that. They were so busy, I just felt bad making them, but I wish I had. What I wish I'd done, I guess it boils down uh, to I don't say no as often. A wise woman of God told me, don't say no to boys unless it's morally wrong or physically harmful. And one of my boys, 
uh, fondest childhood memories is peeing out of a second story barn door at her house for a sleepover. She goes, that was good. She goes, this other one, be brave or crazy and take them out for more field trips. Uh, another, she had boys, I guess, too. My boys are only 14 months apart, so taking them out by myself when they were small seemed rather daunting. Packing their necessities and controlling their behavior, too overwhelming. So most of our time was spent having fun at home. However, now I feel like I might have missed out on some incredible adventures. I would go for more walks, visit more places, and catch fireflies. Truthfully, I just ran out of energy on most days. I wish I could tell my younger self to keep a running list of my blessings. It's good stuff. So here's some stuff that they're glad that they did. Definitely I'm glad I didn't work outside of the home, and I'm glad I didn't have TV when my kids were very little. I'm so glad I didn't have computers and phones to distract me, I actually got to live in the moment. I'm so thankful for that. Um, Anytime we went on vacation, I made them personalized little travel boxes with special surprises. Not super expensive, but unique to them. They still talk about them, and you know, I don't regret a single vacation we took. We were not wealthy, but it was so worth every single trip. I'm also glad I would randomly put on music and dance with them which then would evolve into games, hide-and-seek, laughing, playing, etc. You know, so it's just like, and there's so much more there, but the idea is, right, being mom, dad, whatever, in the home, it's just like making the most of what you got. Not trying to be who you're not. And not trying to be who you're not just, man, just translates into so many arenas of life, and motherhood is just no different. And I really feel like the Spirit just wants to say this morning, like, listen, I made blank. Whoever you are as a mom, put it in the blank. Or soon-to-be mother. I made you to be able, capable. There's enough within you. I will equip you for the rest. And that's really good news. You know, it's really good news. And, and that's, you know, for moms maybe to be, currently moms. That's not saying anything at all about moms that have passed. Moms that haven't done well. I mean, there's moms right now, Mother's Day, they're in jail. How, how do they handle that? There are moms that have done horrible raising their children and they've taken advantage of the innocence and the trust of children. So Mother's Day is actually really not a good day. And I totally understand that as well. And so Mother's Day is not so much a joyful event, it's actually more of an event, if they haven't been healed of it, it's actually just a really painful day. And so all of these things, you know, come with it. And so many churches, actually, they really just avoid the family days because they realize how difficult the whole thing is. But I didn't want to do that because it just felt like, man, you know, there are also the moms. There's the moms out there doing it right or have done it right that need to be honored. And we say thank you to them, you know, we just bless them. They're the moms that are just trying to figure it out and get things done the right way. So... If you're one of the ones that's here this morning and your mom didn't do well, there's just a lot of pain surrounding your mom, just hurt, and it's still currently there. What a great opportunity and day to put it before the throne of the Father and say, God, I still have this hurt and this pain. It's just, it's not done yet. I'm just, I'm believing in you to do something more. 
how can I partner with what you want to do? This is the day to do that. It's not the day like, oh, I'm just going to make myself numb for another Mother's Day because it's always painful. It's an opportunity for more freedom and more light to come into our life and to partner with what the good work that the Spirit wants to do. Okay. On that note, here we go. What does the text say that we just read? I'm going to try and summarize it in one sentence for you. Okay? Here's a sentence that I got from the text that we just read over in 1 Peter chapter 1. Living in hope is a fruit of walking in holiness. Living in hope is a fruit of walking in holiness. Living in hope is a fruit of walking in holiness. So, the hope that the Bible thinks, I got one. Kyle's like, that's good. Thank you. Thank you. I need the encouragement too, believe it or not. So, right, living in hope. The hope that the way that the Bible is talking about it, that starkly contrasts with sort of what culture says. The popular idea. popular idea is, listen, keep positive vibes, keep positive people, stay in good environments. And hopefully good things should follow and will follow. And I think that the Bible teaches some of that's definitely true. But if we stop there, we're missing a significant part of God's purposes and plans. Namely, glory. Everybody say glory glory that he is looking to unveil and have revealed through us his sons and daughters because I don't know if you know that but that's honestly like what God is doing here he could everybody knows he could deliver a much better sermon than what I'm doing right now he doesn't need me to do this nor the guy down the street nor the missionary out over there nor the worship singer down the road he doesn't need them if he was looking for perfection in the most amazing people, God would just wipe everybody out. I'll just do all this. Sit back and take notes. I'll show you how it's done. That's not the God that we worship or praise. The God that we worship and praise that saved us, he says, no, 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 no. He says, I, I, I want to equip you and have you able to carry out in a perfect way, the way I made you part of my nature. So my glory actually comes out when you're close to my heart and carrying out what I've called you to do. So it's like we all walk around and it's like God is making mini-me's. Like that's the goal. That's what he wants to do. So his glory is revealed in our lives. So to stay positive, have good vibes, okay, like that's all right, good people, fine. But what about the element of glory? What about the element of God wanting to make His appeal to the world through our lives? How does that fit in with good vibes? Yeah, it doesn't really fit in. It fills in with like heavenly vibes. And the Bible describes people who live like that as an aroma, a fragrance. I don't know how you smell today, but you got to smell good on Mother's Day. You kind of have to, but 
It's important that we carry this aroma, this fragrance from heaven because we have been close to the Father in fellowship with Him. And as we do that, He naturally just builds and works within us. And then we carry this aroma and fragrance, part of His glory, just around. And You don't have to work super hard to convince people that you're different or changed. It's just an aroma that just comes off of you. We don't have to work super hard to just, you know, convince people that we're making progress and we're doing really good. I mean, just like, be who you are. Just be the fragrance, be the aroma. And so, one way that we get to this living hope, everybody say living hope. It's important that we really get that because hope is like there's this idea out there of hope. Man, I hope it works out, but I'm totally like ready when it doesn't. You know, like that's sort of it. But hope carries with it the biblical hope is this sense of I know that I know God is going to breathe life somewhere in this situation. That is totally different than I know I know this is going to work out exactly the way I think. That's totally different. But somehow we get sucked into that. And we, our expectations sometimes trump a little bit and distort the idea of hope. And so it's important for us to realize that the biblical model, this hope that Peter is talking about, is this living hope that's alive, that breathes life, that was born in a living word, sustained and made alive by a living son who conquered the grave, it's alive. So no situation or person can be completely dead or hopeless. Or on Mother's Day, no prodigal child is ever hopeless. No household, no marriage is ever hopeless. Two of them. That's pretty good. Any unexplainable event, it is not hopeless. God will breathe life into this situation somehow, some way, the living nature of God will not be denied. It will not be. It will not be. Everybody say, it will not be. It will not be. It's important for us to declare that and draw the line in the sand and we say things like, man, and Christ the rock, I stand. I, I just don't know. And there's many situations in a mom, right, in a dad, in a family, not even married, whatever, just life. There's so many situations, you, you, you get so many more questions than answers. And the reality for us, like the enemy would rather have us get caught up and tripped up on all the problems. And some of us are really good at doing that. You can just give a laundry list of problems. And probably a lot of them are true. But the idea is we're supposed to get caught up. All that might be true. But we're called to be caught up in the answer. The answer is Jesus Christ. The answer is the ways, His purposes, His plan, His narrative, His Holy Spirit, His empowering love. 
His grace that covers. His love that forgives. These are the answers. And what I just wanted to express to you this morning is that it's only a theology and just somebody, something somebody talks about unless we choose to walk in holiness. When we choose to actually partner with His purposes and embrace the process and say, you know what? In this area of my life, I'm going to walk in holiness. I'm going to set myself apart for His purposes he will come through. That spouse will come my way. How? I don't even know. That child, it will come. I don't know how. That job, I, I don't know. But it will. Right? These things will happen. We're called to believe him on it. And that doesn't mean he won't change us along the way. They might change. They might change. So the child that somebody has prayed for for so long, and maybe God doesn't bring, all of a sudden he opens up another door, another way to have children come in. And, you know, he's the God of plan A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, all of them. All the time. He will always breathe life into situations. It's just who he is by his nature. And I think it would be an amazingly beautiful and awesome thing when women mothers single moms married moms that are depressed and frustrated and want to quit moms that are feeling really good moms that feel lost whatever the situation is if at least the primary influence and narrative in their life is it is what it is but God's not done But God's not done. I'm his daughter. He's going to take care of me. He's going to take care of these kids that God brought into the world. He will do it. Then there's countless stories of him doing that. And countless now sons and daughters who have grown up from parents that have just said, you know what, I'm I'm just going to trust the Lord on this. And there's countless kids And those single moms were hurting homes. They didn't know back then when they made a commitment to just to even have the baby. And guess what? Like, motherhood, that's like under assault. I don't know how many mothers... Like, if our culture is going the direction of, listen, you just decide your gender when you want to, I I don't even know how much Mother's Day even matters. I guess anybody can be a mom at some point. It's just not a good situation. It's just not a good situation. So this like miraculous thing that God gave women, you know, it's one, just to be able to do that is just incredible. And then two, it's just, it's, it's under assault because now it's like, it's, ah oh man, it's just a mess. It's just a mess. So we battle with all of these things. But there's so many moms that, you know, and I'm thinking of, you know, the mother in our family, you know, she had abortion early age and she carried so much guilt for so long. Felt so horrible about it. Came a Christian later in life. <laughs> and she's like, Jared, she's like, I spent like 10 years saying sorry to God for that. She's just, and she's like, there's nothing I could ever do good enough to sort of get rid of that. And you know, I just, you know, what do you even say to that? There's nothing you can say. It's like, yeah, I, I don't even, And she's like, but you know, she's like, I I had it wrong. She's like, but 
She said, Jesus already took that away from me if I choose to receive it. She said, there's forgiveness there. She said, she said, I was dysfunctional. I made serious problems and issues. And she goes, I've seen repercussions in my life for making those bad choices. She said, but nothing in my life is beyond his redemption. I still might suffer some consequences, but nothing is without hope and beyond redemption. Man, if moms could grab a hold of that, they'd feel so good. Feel so alive and feel so confident. Who's going to come against you? The devil? <laughs> well, I don't know. Be careful when you pray stuff like that, right? But yeah. he will come seriously. But if moms could carry that idea that there is a never-ending hope for my kids and for my family, and ultimately it doesn't, the buck doesn't stop with the mom. It stops with the king of kings. That's who it really stops with. And there's just so many times just this false sense of I need to own certain things. And some things maybe you do because sometimes moms are just immature and they don't own things they should. But sometimes they go too far and they own too much and they're carrying things they shouldn't be carrying. And again, it comes back to identity. Who are you as a mother in Jesus Christ? What has God called you as a mom for your family? If moms can't answer those questions, bless you, or there's difficulty getting to those questions, then those women need to do, be super aggressive about figuring out the answers to those questions. What is God calling me to in this season of motherhood? There's got to be an answer there for moms that are mothers. Because I tell you what, God has an answer. He's got a calling. He's got a whole plan laid out. It's mapped out. And he's just waiting for the partnership. So living in hope is the fruit of walking in holiness. We said that already. Um, let me show you this here. At the end of 1 Peter, which Joanna read, it says, Therefore prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given to you when Jesus Christ is revealed. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do, for it is written, Be holy because I am holy. Last week, here's what we said. Holiness, here's the deal. It's like your good china. It's set apart. You're just different. Because the Spirit of God lives in you, it's, things are just different. You think different, you have a different approach, the mindset is different. Other people aren't going to quite get it. And the idea is not to make everybody get it. Some people just won't understand. The idea is not to become a Christian so that we can then live lives that look like everybody else. We become a Christian and we do become different. And we have different goals and values and priorities. And for moms and parents, they make decisions, hopefully, that line up with those goals and those priorities. So walking in holiness is a pretty big deal. And it will become noticeable by other people. And sometimes it's hard for moms to sort of take ownership of that and be like, yeah, we're a Christian family. You can say boldly, we're a Christian family. Like, you know, we follow God. 
love Jesus. Like we believe in his plans, like for our family. Sometimes it's just hard for moms just even just to say that. And I just want to encourage you today, like, have a voice and say it. Facebook that sucker. Tweet that thing. I'm a mom who loves Jesus and knows that he's got a plan for my family. It's just like good and healthy. And it's what our world needs. And that's part of, you know, when we become vocal about these things, you know, that's part of like his glory just like shining out and coming through. It's a fragrance and an aroma. It's a beautiful thing and a good thing. So holiness. How do you walk in holiness? That's a good question right there. I don't know if I got a really good answer for you, to be honest with you. But I can tell you that for holiness, and the way he describes it here, especially in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1, it says, Therefore, rid yourselves. Everybody say, rid yourselves. When I read that, I take that to mean, man, just throw off. Like, just, you know how when you just go through, you know when you get a dumpster to the house? You know what I'm saying? That's the mental picture I get. You get the dumpster, you just got to throw crap out. You just got so much nonsense, so much garbage. And the neighbors try throwing their stuff in there, you know. It's like, what are you doing? Like, that's the idea here, man. Just throw stuff out. Rid yourselves. What kind of stuff? Okay, holiness. What kind of stuff do I got to get rid of? Malice and deceit. Malice is like evil intention. It's just thinking the wrong way about people, having evil intentions towards others. That's a tough starting point right there. But that's the idea. He's like, man, throw that stuff away. Deceit. Being deceitful, being good at manipulation, throw that thing away. Some of us can just be really good at being deceitful and manipulative. And that's not a kingdom quality. In the world, it kind of gets you some points. Kind of known as being slick. In heaven, you're known as being dishonest. And not something that's like worthwhile being trusted. So rid yourselves of all malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, slander of every kind. Well, 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 well. Sounds like holiness is very much about being aggressive towards a purity in heart. And as you're aggressive towards that purity, the Holy Spirit makes myself and yourself aware of what's got to be thrown out. Don't start throwing stuff out until you've been with God the Father connected with His heart. Because you're going to put the cart in front of the horse. You're going to start trying to do all kinds of behavior modifications before you're letting the Holy Spirit speak and minister in a way that it needs to be done so bear fruit that will last. So the idea is to be with Him and close to Him. And then the Holy Spirit's going to say, you know what? You got some selfishness issues going on. What do you mean? I'm, I always feel bad about myself. Like I don't. Especially moms, you know? I, I never get time for myself. You know, I, I, I put everybody in front of myself. And he's like, well, yeah, that's kind of the problem. Like you have value. The family gets better when you get better. Take time for yourself. Involve other women to help come alongside and mentor and help you. You see, and then that's where we have a choice. Either we're going to partner with that or we're not. And so for us, you know, that aren't women and aren't moms, it's we come close to the heart of God. And he just makes clear, you know, we read things like 
the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus says, you know, whoever is angry, they've already committed murder. Whoever, you know, lusted, already committed adultery. and All these things. And Jesus is trying to say, hey, listen, purity on the inside is what matters. Go after that. The outside stuff will get taken care of. But you have to invest on the inside first. Have to. And busy moms, that video, like this, I can totally relate. I see Julie. I get it. And so, it's so important for her. And I love how, at the end of the day, at least she went back to her Bible. You know what I thought? I saw the video the first time. I thought she was going to go back to her Bible, open it up, and she was just going to be like, get two words and just go, you know, just like pass out. That's what I thought was going to happen because a lot of times that's just the way it goes. But the investment needs to happen there. It has to be close. And he will show us clearly what things to get rid of. Because I do want to say this. When it says get rid of all these things, fill the dumpster up, we'll go nuts right away. Some of us. And I'm telling you that the Spirit works in different ways in different seasons. So in some seasons, you're getting rid of something. Well, you got all these other problems. Well, yeah, maybe. But for right now, the Holy Spirit's dealing with this one thing. So embrace and just partner with that. But my list is so long. Yeah, I... Focus on the thing that he wants to do right there. You start focusing on the list and everything that's screwed up, we're already losing. The overwhelmed disciple doesn't bear much fruit. But the one close to his heart really does. And it's healthy. And as we do that, we're just about done here. As we do that, look what happens. Verse 2. Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. So this idea with holiness is getting closer to his heart. He's going to realize how different we are. He's going to make clear what we're called to, the way our minds should be thinking, um, the way we should be acting, things that should come out of our mouth, things that we should listen to, things we should look at. As we come closer to him, other people can't tell us. He has to tell that to us. He'll use other people for sure. But the primarily speaking and listening just comes from being close to his heart. That's the idea. And as we do that, what's going to happen is Peter says, hey, listen, crave spiritual milk. In other words, do everything you can. Don't just throw stuff away, but do everything you can to also make sure your appetite changes. Appetite just needs to change. Start feeding on some different things. Even when you don't feel like it. Even when it's not making sense. Somehow do what you can to feed on something new. People try diets. They do things all the time. Diets don't work because they're diets. What works is a total life change. And you start small and you build there. But that's the idea. A diet is, is a diet little window do a little thing Holy Spirit does comprehensive big time work but he does do it in pieces and in pieces that we can handle and pieces where he promises to do the bulk of the lifting doesn't mean it won't stress us out a little bit doesn't mean we won't get frustrated doesn't mean we won't have expectations that won't be met he'll actually exceed him and bear more fruit and do something more amazing but a lot of times we just can't get past the frustration and discouragement Like I said, he's good, he's faithful, and Christ the rock I stand, I'm going to stay in that. Amen. 
Appetites changing is a huge deal. And I want to just show you something in Psalm 63. And this is what we close with. And I think we opened up service maybe with this a couple of weeks ago. Psalm 63. Appetite change. So here's what starts to happen. Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Talk about an appetite that has changed. He goes through the rest of that psalm talking about basically how desperate he is for God and how nothing will satisfy his soul. Nothing. So he's not even interested in going there. So another relationship, more money, greater security, a better job. As we get closer to his heart and we crave spiritual milk and we start to feed ourselves the right way, we start to realize the type of diet that we really need to stay in. A diet that's coming from the Father where he speaks it and ministers to our heart. And it feeds our soul. And everything else just pales in comparison. And so now we see great value in showing up to Bible studies. We see great value in coming to prayer meetings. Right? We see great value in going on retreats. We see great value in including other people in our lives where we can make ourselves vulnerable and they can help make us better and we help make them better. Not some sort of isolated thing we're supposed to just figure out. We're called to do it in community. So, living in hope is a fruit of walking in holiness. And obviously the battle is there. Walking in holiness. That's where the battle is. Staying set apart for what he desires. Keeping our hearts and our minds in the right place. Let me pray for you on that. And I just want to do it now before later. So Holy Spirit, I just pray that you will help each and every one of us. Listen to your voice more clearly. That you would help us to follow you more faithfully. And that, Father, that we read about, we would fully fix our focus on your grace in our lives. Because we cannot just keep working harder and harder and harder to try and please you. That's not the goal. You're calling us to rest in you. To seek your face. To just remain in your presence. And to live our lives out of the overflow from that. So I just pray for people here um, that maybe have a difficult time of settling down. And saying no to things they need to say no to. Will you just refresh their spirits? Holy Spirit, just refresh them. Remove just the overwhelming sense of just shame and condemnation that comes along so many times. But help us to see your nature of holiness. It just invites us closer to be with you. It doesn't keep us away. It invites us closer in. You're a safe place. 
you're a good place, you're the best place. God, we just love you, Lord, and we thank you, Father. Continue to do the work of, of holiness and pruning and that needs to be done in our lives, and may we just embrace the process. And again, we just pray for these moms, Lord, here in our church, other churches, Lord. Give moms a fresh sense of who you are. Just give them time to themselves when they need time to themselves. Help them to understand how you've made them, what you're calling them to. Whether they're maybe trying to do too much and get ahead of you. Maybe, uh, you know, where they could do better. So God, we just thank you for our moms. We thank you for women that have acted like moms, Lord. We thank you for mentorship, Father. And I just pray that um, for our moms, Lord, that they would just shine brightly in this world. They wouldn't be ashamed of you. They would just be proud that they're just daughters of you, Father. They will see your goodness in their families and in their homes and stay faithful to you. In Jesus' name, amen.